This episode of the Music Stuff Show is brought to you by Dupe Loops, your weekly curated drum loop library. If you're writing music, building tracks, or programming beats, dupeloops.com is the place to start. They deliver 10 new drum loops directly to your inbox every Monday, so you can spend less time searching for the right sounds and more time making music. Each loop is always available in stereo and multi-track formats, always fresh, and they are never recycled. And for a limited time, they are offering a 7-day free trial period with every plan. So visit dupeloops.com, that's D-U-P-E-L-O-O-P-S.com, and start your free trial today to receive 10 new multi-track drum loops per week, every week. On this episode of the Music Stuff Show, we look at how you can create a career as a producer in the music business. We look at the role a producer plays, discuss what the job title really means, and examine some steps you can take to build the career that you want. Please enjoy this episode of the Music Stuff Show, how to get started as a producer. Welcome to the Music Stuff Show, where we break down the business of music to help you build a career doing what you love. I'm Tom, and Vance is here too, as always. What's up? Nothing? Radio silence? Oh, God. He's (laughs) he's looking at me all uncomfortably. It's weird. Man, I tried so hard. I don't know if it's early today or what's going on, guys. I'll be better for you. I was racking my brain for what felt like an eternity to find something witty to come back with. I don't have it today. Nothing. I dropped the ball. Yep. I'll be better for you next time. (laughs) I'll do better. There was a very long... Uh, stare in the studio. Yeah, it was really uncomfortable. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. It was like one of those pre-murder stares. You can't win them all, and that's okay. That's part of life. But we're still gonna hit publish. That's right. I'll be back up on that horse next week. That's the theme. <laughs> Just to clarify, Vance is not going through any personal problems or emotional strain. He's perfectly fine. No, you know, it's when you just try too hard. I had a moment where I was trying too hard. And instead of just like letting the first thing that came to mind be the one and letting that hopefully be witty enough, I was searching deep and far and wide in the caverns of my brain. And it just wasn't there. Second guess yourself. I did. Don't second guess yourself. Never second guess yourself. No. You got what it takes. Trust your gut. It's usually right. It's usually right. So on this episode of the Music Stuff Show, we are going to talk about how to get started as a music producer. What? What? Right? What's a producer, Tom? Producer is someone who produces music, creates content. Didn't your English teacher <laughs> in elementary school Don't ever use tell the you, word in the you definition? can't use the word in the definition? Well... I went to public school. Seventh grade English teacher (laughs) rolling her. Maybe she's not dead. Sorry. Um, (laughs) I was going to say she's rolling in her grave right now. Hopefully she could very well be alive. Maybe she's rolling in her bed. Man, this took a weird turn. Yeah, dark. Uh, So, oh, can I talk about her? Oh God, sure. (laughs) So this this is a weird story. We're going we're going off the deep end today. So. My seventh grade English teacher, I actually don't remember her name to save my life. I can see her face. Maybe I'll go find a yearbook or something and figure this out. Yeah. And I actually don't remember the story, but my mom has told me this story so many times that I feel like I remember the story mm-hmm. where, and I quote, well, she was talking about me, I guess, to my mother being like, yeah, 
Vance's smile will get him far in life, but it won't get him far enough. Oh. <laughs> You're wrong. You're wrong. Here I am. All smiles. Man, elementary school is weird, guys. Really, school is weird. And if you're out there listening, we're so far from the original point of what we were going to do today. But for the kids out there listening, it ends. It's not forever. Don't let school get you down. Do the best you can and try and use the resources to learn and grow, whatever that might be, Uh, particularly in your music or theater departments, because all that stuff translates to what we're talking about here long term. And listen to this show on your lunch break instead of sitting at the table in the corner of the cafeteria. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. But high school is not forever. You'll make it through. It feels like it's forever. But it it's feels not. like an eternity and people are mean. But you know what? The sweetest revenge is just destroying life after high school while those people have 18 kids and never leave the town you grew up in. Man, we have gone way on a So tangent. far. <laughs> I don't know what happened this morning. Oh, man. We're here now. All right, I'm going to get us back on track. <laughs> How to get started as a music producer. <laughs> How did we get here? Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> we talk a lot about uh, approaching a career in music from the artist or band perspective. We we tend to hammer on that pretty hard. Uh, so we want to spend just as much time on this show talking about more of the behind-the-scenes people as well because the whole theme of this show is that there is no one right or wrong way to build a career in the music business. Uh, so the all, the... The artist or band route is by no means the only route that you can take if you want to build a career as a musician or in a business that is associated with music. So today we're going to talk about how you can get started as a producer. And without using the name, the word produce in the <laughs> definition, uh, a music producer is somebody who, well, depending on the genre, does a lot of different things. Uh, can be a songwriter slash track builder, beat maker. Um, in some genres, the producer isn't the person who plays anything. They're not actually making the song. They're not actually playing the guitar, drums, whatever. They're more like the football coach overseeing the play and making sure everything gets executed correctly. Um but then you have other genres where the producer is the person who does everything. Or, or it's not even a genre thing. A lot of the time it's just preference on what one specific person's workflow is like. I know guys who make full tracks by themselves. And I know guys who don't play any instruments and just guide everybody else along to help create a great track. So I think the common themes are vision and work ethic and execution to help uh, anybody who, any artist or band create what they're trying to create or to create what you want to create, but having that vision to get from zero to finished song. Yeah, I like the imagery of uh, a captain of a team, per se. Yeah. Where your role on the given day can be different can be contingent on your personal skill sets, can be contingent on the kind of artist that you're working with, 
can so many factors, but you are there to bring out all of the potential the song has to be. Mm-hmm. You are there to make the song the best version of that song it can be by being the leader, essentially, by being the person that whether you're super hands-on and are physically playing instruments and parts and putting that together, which there's producers that do that, whether Mm -hmm. you are just sitting there uh, leading and navigating others in the room, and there's huge producers that do that too. At the end of the day, you are the one that is taking that objective uh, third-party view and taking the emotion out of it, taking the like, oh, I wrote this part, so it's important, it needs to be there. You're the person that looks at the song and says, this is what the best version of this song can be, and in order to get to this best version, we don't need this part. And I know you like that part, but the song doesn't need that, so we're going to cut it. Mm -hmm. Or, you know what, we are missing this part here, so get in there and do this. They're the one leading the troops. And if I think if it's somebody working from by themselves too, like if it's somebody who's saying like making beats, building tracks, like you have to have the ability to have that internal dialogue with yourself, which is a tough, that's a tough nut to crack, but you mm-hmm. have to be able to look at like your track objectively and step back and say like, does that hi-hat really need to be there in this part? Does that synth part, is that adding value to the song or should I pull it? Man, I... There was such a good, it was in a documentary I watched, and I can't remember which one it was, so I'm sorry I don't remember who this specifically was, but it was somebody that's a great producer now, when they were getting their start, was kind of on the come up, ended up uh, getting in similar circles with some successful producers of the time, and they like met at a club and was like, cool, we've heard your beats, they're cool, we're going to sign you. Mm-hmm. And hands him a contract. He starts to read it. He's like, don't bother reading it. The contract's terrible. <laughs> but we're going to let you work. And he's like, right now, you're a beat maker. And when you learn to be a producer, that's when you can start making money. Yeah. Which I thought was a really powerful statement. And I realize it's a little out of context right here. But there, even in that world, like if you are creating it, making the beats yourself, if you're a DJ, whatever. Mm-hmm. If you cannot uh, dissect it and be objective of, no, this is what it takes for this song to be amazing, and this is what it's missing, or this is what it has too much of, if you can't objectively look in that and do what's best for the song over what is, you know, stroking your ego, right? you'll never be able to get to that place. Yeah, it's true. It's, that's a tough, uh, I think it takes a, a specific type of mind to be able to do that to be able to pick apart your creative work, separate yourself from it enough emotionally to make objective decisions about the final product. Mm-hmm. I think that's why uh, there's not everybody can be a producer. Yeah. Not everybody has that, that thought process. Uh, so it's, you know, it's okay if you can't do that. Uh, you, you may lean a little bit more towards the songwriter uh, standpoint of things other than the producer sort of things. Um, but I want to, I want to back up a lot from where we are now. Uh, the kind of the point of this episode is how to get started Mm -hmm. as a producer. 
So I want to backtrack way back to the beginning and and yep. figure out figure out what that looks like and discuss that. So let's let's assume it, it doesn't matter if you have uh, experience in the business, experiences in a career in music, uh, or none at all. Whether you're 13 or 30, it doesn't matter. We're we're assuming that you've never produced anything no matter how much experience you may have otherwise doing anything else, but you want to move into producing music. Um, <clears throat> I think step one, like so many others, like so many other paths is to start making stuff. Like figure out, figure out what it is you want to make and start making it. And the only, well, I guess the only way you can figure out what it is you like to make is by trying a lot of stuff, throwing a lot of lines in the water. Um, so get, if you play an instrument, start, uh, learning how to record yourself. If you don't play an instrument, then learn how to record software instruments, digital stuff, learn how to program MIDI, um, find, find a tool like, um, garage band either on your phone or on your computer uh there's others there's plenty of other apps on your phone where you can start programming beats a uh, little sense things like that you can start figuring out how how parts work together um I, I and i would advise you to maybe not take the plunge into something bigger and more expensive like pro tools or logic until you have tried something that's maybe a cheaper alternative to start figuring out is this even something that I have the knack for and want to do? Start having fun with it first. I'll also say this. I want to jump in right there. Yeah, yeah. I was lucky to have a mentor in my life from a pretty young age that kind of beat this into my brain. Uh, thanks, Jace. Love you. <laughs> um, well, and go back and listen to the gear episode. But gr like, if you have great gear, that's not going to make you better. True. Like, if you can't make something that isn't that fancy sound good, putting you in a room with super fancy gear is not going to make you sound good. Yeah. If you don't have the skills, and this is a reoccurring theme that we're going to continue to just drive home, if you can't make an amazing sounding song on your phone, you're not going to magically be better if somebody puts you in a $100,000 studio. Because if you don't know what to do with four buttons on your phone, what could you possibly know how to do with a hundred thousand dollars worth of gear and a wall of knobs? Right. And like, and that's okay. Like you can learn, but you have to put in that work of, if you don't know what the stuff does, if you don't mm -hmm. know what a compressor is, if you don't know what a gate is, if you don't know what an EQ is, like there are ways to learn that. And that's okay. Like everybody has to start. Yeah. But start with what you have because spending money to have something that looks shinier isn't going to help you learn using what's yeah. at your disposal to get that education of this is how this works. And now I have an understanding and now this, I, I can use this as a tool on my tool belt. Mm -hmm. That is how you're going to get better. Yeah. And that is the, the best way to, I think the best way still to learn all of those little pieces. So let's say you're, you're starting out and you want to start producing music we want you to use the tools at your disposal. So again, we're going to assume 
we're, we, we, we do assume a little bit on this show. We're going to assume that if you're listening, you have access to a smartphone. You have a smartphone. I just odds are that you have a smartphone if you listen to this podcast. So on your phone, go to the App Store, whether you're Android or, uh, or iOS, whatever. Um, if you're on iOS, GarageBand, I think that's the place to start. So we're just going to go with that. If you're on iOS, on your phone, go to GarageBand. If you're on Android, I'm sorry, I'm an iPhone user. I don't know what a comp. Uh, I'll look something up and link is. it. Yeah, I don't know either. I've also got an iPhone, right. but I'll find an app for you and I'll put it in there. Yeah. So, but something that's a general sort of across the board has a lot of stuff in it for a cheap price. We're gonna go less than five bucks. Don't spend more than five dollars. Uh, and get some program, something. Uh, go into that program and just select start with like start with some instrument start with start with like a drum kit like a, a an electronic drum kit and program a little beat in there and then start looking at things you can do to adjust that EQs gates compressors like Vance mentioned again assuming a little bit you don't know what any of those do or you don't know how to make them do what you want them to do. Maybe it's a better way of putting it. Like you understand the general idea behind some of it, but you don't really get the ins and outs of all of it. Uh, go on Google, go on YouTube, Google, like I've done this. How does a gate work? All day. How does an audio gate work is probably a better search term for that. There are an ocean of resources right. on YouTube and videos. And the beauty of like, Articles are great, and Google is great, and I've learned many, many things on that. But with the amount of content on YouTube these days, not only can you find out the information you're looking for, you can literally follow along with someone else doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, the hardest part is figuring out the right question to ask. And, right. Which I, I yeah. think is a learned skill at a certain point. Yeah. But Good questions are, are everything. You know, asking the right questions allows you to find the answer you're actually looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I think starting whatever, whether it's garage band or whatever, and just messing with stuff, if you don't have a clue, because I actually won't assume, like if you're day one, I'm sure there are people listening that don't have a clue what an EQ gate compressor limiter, any of those things are. And that's okay. Yeah. When we started, we didn't have a clue what any of those things were either, but the best way especially if you want to move into the producer side of things is your ears are your most important tool. Totally. And, you know, honestly, even before doing stuff really kind of in tandem, one of the biggest, uh, things I, I think is important if you want to be a producer is consumption. You yeah. have to consume a lot of music because you, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, people are going to come in. Like, let's go back to a hypothetical scenario. Let's say it's five years from now. You listen to this show. You spent your time. You've been hustling, figuring it out, doing the thing. You're doing okay. Five years from now, you're sitting. You've got your own little studio that's going well. You've got a band that comes in. The band, you know, the drummer is going to come in and play a beat. And that beat might be cool. And the bassist is going to come in and lay down his track. And then a guitarist is going to come in and then the singer is going to come in. And then you're going to have a song that most likely, for all intents and purposes, is going to be good or okay. But you're going to sit there and they're going to be like, man, something's missing. 
and you're the person that people are going to turn to yep. to be like, what is missing? And usually it is the smallest, weirdest, most random thing that you don't actually notice when you're listening to a song on the radio. Like it's all, you know, very sprinkles and glitter kind of subtle things. But the producer is the person that's over there that's like, man, this super small, minute detail that on its own seems really unimportant when put into the big picture is going to bring it all together. And people aren't even going to know that this is what's bringing it together, Mm -hmm. but it's going to bring the whole song together. Yeah. And that really is, you know, the role. And in order to be able to do that well, your brain needs to have a pretty serious catalog of information Mm -hmm. in terms of not just drum parts, bass parts, guitar parts, keys and synth parts, like... You need to notice all the little glittery details when you're yeah. listening to a song past that. Uh, so I, I really think the consumption and paying attention and really digesting uh, what's going on in songs when you're listening is also an important thing. And yeah. kind of goes in tandem with now that you're starting to play with things, you're trying to work on a song. You can go search on the internet and find stems. And if you don't know what stems are... Uh, Google it. You can Google it. I'll <laughs> give you a little jump start. It, you know, you hear songs on the radio that are a full song. Sometimes for remixes, for other things, you can Google. And stems are when people break apart that song by, oh, here's the drum parts, here's the guitar parts, here's the bass parts. Right. So you have these individual sections that you can pull in. And I would recommend, especially at the beginning, to just go find some stems. Just Google until you find something. And bring that into whatever your application is that you're wanting to play with and start just throwing weird stuff on it. Even if it doesn't sound good, that's okay. Figure out what stuff does. You're learning what's happening. Mm -hmm. And so when you put an EQ and you turn this knob all the way to the right, what just happened? You know, not just what does it look like on a screen, but what do you hear? What, What changed sonically that you're like, oh, I did this. And because of that, now it sounds like this. Mm And just work your way through that as you kind of build this up and build your skills and really learn what these tools do. Yeah. I, th- I think um, a, a, another thing that you can do to figure out to figure out what does what, and um, this goes back to, we're, so we're not five years ahead anymore. We're back to, to square one, to zero. And uh, so what you can do is, uh, especially with popular music, if you're consuming a lot of music, Make sure you take the time to consume the the biggest hit songs uh, that are on the charts at any given time. And the reason is because there's going to be more conversation about those pieces of music than some obscure indie electro record that you found in the deep recesses of Spotify. It's possible you might find something on like how did they do that vocal effect on that song that you know has a thousand plays. But it's unlikely. It's more likely that you're going to find how do they get that vocal effect on Bruno Mars' latest Mm -hmm. hit. And you're going to find a ton of articles. You're going to find a ton of YouTube videos, a ton of stuff that is breaking down just what went into that. And then here's the cool part. If you can couple a few things together, if you can listen to the latest hit, then look on Google and YouTube to find out how they did the specific thing. Just stick with the vocal sound. How they get the vocal sound on that? hit song then you can scour the internet and see if you can find the stem of that vocal Mm -hmm. pull that in 
And then you can really analyze it against what you've read and what you've watched. And then you can play with the plugins in your piece of software on your phone, in GarageBand on your phone, and figure out how to make adjustments to what they already have. And then on top of that, you could maybe duplicate, sing in that vocal or find somebody who can sing if you can't, uh, get a re-recorded dry. And what that means is no plugins, no nothing on it. It's just vocal into a microphone, hit record, that's it. Get a dry vocal take of that same vocal melody, line, everything from that song. Somebody else sings it. And then try to make your dry track match Mm. the stem that you have, or at least match how the vocal sounds in the full mix of the hit song that's on the radio. That's a great way to reverse engineer an education. I actually think that can apply to the entire song. I think that's great. Yeah, yeah. I I think... I was just using vocal as an example. No, no, I... I just don't want people to jump over that, especially if you are on the producer side and you are making things, you know, you are hands-on and creating tracks. I think uh, less even for the sense of doing a cover, but if you want to produce and, you know, you manipulate manipulate your own sounds and create things uh, on your own, I would encourage you to take one of those songs that you love and you're like, oh, this is a banger. Like, I want to make songs that sound like this, hit like this, make people feel like this. Mm-hmm. Break that down at square one and literally go instrument by instrument. Yeah. And, you know, even if you don't play drums, you can try and program to the best of your ability. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, if, a, it's a lot easier to try. If you, if you don't have the skill on a given instrument, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to try to just mimic what somebody else does yeah. rather than trying to create something fresh. Absolutely. It's a lot easier. And then when you do that, that even allows to give you that perspective of, you're like, man, I know I just did all the main instruments. I just did the drums, bass, guitar, synth, and vocal. There's still something in there. And then you can start like really picking that apart and be like, oh, there's the flair. Like That's what makes this track cool. Mm-hmm. Um, also, as a sidebar, I thought about this while I was talking. I wouldn't say there are exceptions. But I, I think if you do want to produce, you will be greatly benefit if you play an instrument. I agree with that. Particularly guitar or piano. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Something with melodic value to it. I won't say that it's impossible, uh, you know, because there are technically people that have done it. But if you are trying to build a career in a setting where your role is to communicate with musicians uh, by not playing any instrument at all. It's really difficult if you don't speak the language. Yeah. And even though, and again, people have done it, so I'm not saying it's impossible. Sometimes people can come in there and just hum and point at somebody and be like, play something like this. But I, for one, it's not efficient. And, you know, two, it's a greater battle because it literally is walking in and you don't speak the language that everybody else in the room speaks to where when you are trying to convey an idea that you want someone to try, you're just trying to pull it out of air for something that you hear but don't know how to explain to someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it's an idea is, is worthless if you can't make it a reality. Yeah. If you can't communicate it to somebody else, then 
it's pointless. Yeah. So definitely if if you don't if you don't have a skill set on an instrument, um learn at least the basics. It doesn't mean you have to be a virtuoso player of it, but you need to understand it. Like you need to understand the like what each note is on a keyboard. Mm-hmm. Like even if it's just virtually looking at the little piano app on your phone, you need to know like what note is what mm-hmm. and it's you know you need to understand scales and like what fits with what and what chords what notes make up certain chords and things like that otherwise you're you're really going to kind of get lost in the weeds and you're going to have a hard time convincing anybody that you know what you you're talking about <laughs> i'd say that even you know you could quite literally have the most brilliant ideas mm-hmm. in terms of song arrangement and what should be going on and you could have that skill Mm-hmm. but it is going to be very difficult to earn the respect of other people because they're going to feel like it's a hunch or a whim. Totally. Um, but live your life. I think you should probably learn piano. Mm-hmm. That's where you'll get the most long-term value in terms of yeah. communicating across a board and along with MIDI yeah. instruments in any place you walk into. Yep. But if you don't, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... I think uh, I think that's a huge. I'm glad that you brought that up because I think that again, it's square one. You want to get started as a producer. That dude, that might even be step one. If you don't know how to play an instrument, if you don't understand anything about any given instrument, mm-hmm. you need to learn an instrument. One hundred percent. Period. And if you're there, there's super great tool. Like there's tons of tools out there. You can watch videos on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, we're not affiliated with them, but there's. Uh, What's it called? Musician, yeah, is essentially like a real life Guitar Hero game mm-hmm. that has a free version that's limited. Nice, where you literally are playing through songs, whether it's on piano or guitar. I think they have ukulele and bass too. Yeah. So literally, if you have an instrument laying around, you can hop on there, and again, you don't have to redefine what's capable with the instrument no you just need to be able to understand enough to have a conversation and communicate mm-hmm. your ideas yep. with other musicians yeah um there's a there's another resource that i've used in college that is still up i just checked it's it's not as romantic as watching a youtube video it's not as cool as you know learning on the guitar software or something like that but it's called teoria.com T-E-O-R-I-A dot com. And it's basically just a ton of music theory, scales, Hmm. learning how everything interacts with each other. And you can do like ear training exercises if you want to go that deep and learning about, you know, relative minors and majors and things like that. It's just there's you can go real deep without actually getting your hands on a physical instrument, Mm -hmm. at least to understand how everything relates to everything else. Yeah. That way you can have those conversations. And it also, even even if you're not, even before you get to the point of having the conversations with other people, trying to communicate ideas with other people, it will help you as you spring out of doing nothing into creating something. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you won't be mystified when that piano pulls up in GarageBand and you need to program a melody. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you can hack away at first and just do what sounds good, sure. Mm-hmm. And you can get away with that for a long time. But if you're going to do that, it I think it is helpful to start 
at the same time learning just what those notes are that you're playing and why they work together. For sure. That way you're not you don't get to a point a year, two years from now where you're making cool stuff, but you don't have any idea how you're doing it. You don't know why it works. It just does. And then mm-hmm. somebody goes, man, how'd you do that track? And you go, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Can you tell me what chords you use in that song? Like you say you send a beat to somebody and they want to sing. Like what keys is in? Uh, man, I don't know. Somebody literally did that to me the other day. Did they? They sent me, well, actually worse, they were just wrong. So I had to figure out what it was. Yeah. They sent me a track and were like, yeah, it's in this key. And I, I started, because I was going to put some stuff on it. And I was like, this is not in that key. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so then it's like, oh, well, I can't just like sit down and start playing. I have to actually figure out what this really is in. And yeah, you know, it just causes more work Yeah, instead of, because at the end of the day, that's the real goal. Mm-hmm. Like, you want efficiency, not because you're uptight. Efficiency is awesome because then you can just walk in and create. Right. And I, I think that people misconstrue that where they're like, oh, I'm creative. I don't need boxes. I don't want a framework because that's <laughs> going to limit me. No, nah, man. When you walk in, like when you have a template on Logic, which I know not everybody's in Logic, but like if you have a DAW in which you record yeah. uh, music into on a computer – and if you're on day one, and this is the first time you've ever heard any of this, it's the software that you record music into. Digital uh, audio workstation. And if you come in and have to route and plug in and pull all these different sources every single time you sit down to do a track, that's a 30, 45-minute process mm-hmm. before you ever play one note. It's a barrier to entry. 100%. Yeah. Versus if you have a system in place and you have a template that you can be like, new song template where I already did that 30 minutes of work mm-hmm. and you just hit that, all of a sudden you can sit down and start playing and music. Yeah. <laughs> the same way with, you know, that applies to everything, whether you're producing something, writing with your band, like some structure is good. Totally. And, you know, efficiency and putting some frameworks in place. So... That was kind of a tangent. I don't know how I got there, but it felt relevant at the time. <laughs> no, it, it is relevant because I think that even early on starting out, when you first start to – actually, I think it's a great point. I'm glad that you said it. When you're first starting out, let's say you're learning how to use an EQ and you – zero. You have zero understanding. So you start Googling and YouTubing and learning how to use an EQ. You track in like a, you just sing something in and you learn what does what, like what happens at – this frequency, what happens at this frequency? If I pull that out, what goes on? If I boosted at 80, what goes on? And things like that. Well, if you find yourself like, oh, that's really cool. I like that. Like save that as a template mm-hmm. rather than like if you don't – it. that way you don't have to always remember like say you recorded another vocal on another song. You go, man, what did I do to that vocal in that song? Mm-hmm. I love the sound of it. It was so cool. I want to use that again. Rather than having to like go back to that session, open it up, open the EQ, look at it, write it down in your notepad, what was where, save that as a preset, and then you can just pull it in, vocal preset one. Pull it right in, your vocal sound is there, boom, it's up. You don't even have to fiddle with it. Especially considering I'm sure a lot of the folks listening are rocking the bedroom studio. Totally. Which is great. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you're mainly doing your own vocal and you're making your own tracks and you finally are like, oh, man, 
I've been working for a while, but I finally feel like I got my vocal to sound dope. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody's voice is different, but if you got yours to sound good, save that. So save that. tomorrow night when you start working on another thing, yep, you don't have to keep worrying about that. That mm-hmm. part's done. You have made your voice sound good in your space. Yep. And that is enough for the creation process. Accurate. Yeah. I think um, it also, like, I, I would I would recommend that at first when you, again, say you're playing with an EQ, uh, you, you take, like, on your phone, on your notepad, like, write down what stuff does. It's like, oh, I boosted it, you know, 15K and there's, like, more hiss or whatever. And it's like, all right, I'm going to write that down. Hiss, 15. You know what I mean? Like, write those things down. And then when you save it, as a preset, you can have that sort of reference of like, man, it's not really, maybe on this song, it's not quite working well. Why? And I don't remember notepad. Oh, that's right. That's what I'm hearing. Pull that down a little bit, whatever. Like create tools of reference for yourself that are in your own language, whatever, mm-hmm. to help streamline your workflow. Because the the goal is that one day after you've been producing music for a minute, you can come in, sit down, Away, like wake up your computer and hit record and just go. Everything's plugged in, everything's patched, everything's ready to go. And then one day you're in the $100,000 room, you know what every knob does. Mm-hmm. And you can, before you even like pull up your session and get going, you can say, oh, I know what all this does. I'm going to turn these knobs, flip these switches. Mm-hmm. This is how I know I like my vocal sound to be or my snare sound or whatever. Yep. And then you can double check it in the DAW when you, you know, hit record. It's like, ah, let's need a little tweaking here, here. Boom. So instead of something like two hours getting set up to go, you can take 10 minutes up top because now you know what everything does because you wrote it down, because you saved it, because you took the time to learn it. Absolutely. Yeah. You look like you have something on your mind. Man, I had a thought and then I lost it because you were going so hard. I was going pretty hard in the paint. And I got so excited for you. Because <laughs> in the middle of it, something popped in my head. I wanted to tell people. Yeah. Oh, I remember now. Uh, also, if you're starting out with this stuff, back to the frequency thing. And mm-hmm. I know this is a little farther than day one. But again, resources are out there. Google is your friend. And if you're like, Vance, I don't know a thing about frequencies or EQs. You can literally, and I'll see, I used to have one from back when I was starting up that's just been sitting on a drive for probably a decade. And if I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes. But quite literally is a a spectrum of frequencies on a chart that say, this is where boominess is. This is where boxiness is. This is where, oh, this sounds like a telephone. It is probably in this frequency like range. Mm -hmm. And not that everything is relevant to that, but... If you're starting out, figure out how to ask the right questions. The yeah. closer you can get to get past, I don't know, to how do I do X, Y, or Z specifically. Mm-hmm. And if you can ask the right question, Google and YouTube can almost always give you the answer because someone else has done it, figured it out. And the more you learn, the easier this process gets. And the easier it gets, the more you can focus on creating. Yep. Which at the end of the day is the real goal. Facts. And back to the producer side of it, it's your responsibility. Yeah. Because you are the coach. And you are the one leading this team. 
you know, because along with like all of this technical stuff, because we kind of took that side for a while, Mm -hmm. like you are also responsible for, you know, everybody's mood and not their drama per se, but like you need to lead the team in the sense of if someone's getting hung up on something and getting stuck and it's just not working, you got to be the one to be able to be like, Hey, it's cool. We don't need this right now. Like let's shift. You got to keep people hyped. You got to keep people's eye on the end goal of this is going to be an incredible song. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have to dictate their focus on that. Yeah. And you have to be able to navigate that. You're constantly steering the ship. And same can be said for even if it's just you working, building tracks by yourself. Mm -hmm. You're constantly steering the ship, like making sure that you're not just like goofing off. If you're looking something up on YouTube, great. If you're goofing off watching videos that don't matter to what you're doing currently, then you're wasting time and you need to get yourself back on track. And that, I would argue that's a harder skill to have to own is to keep yourself focused than it is to keep others focused. Yeah. Having self-discipline to stay in the workflow can be very difficult. And I'll even go the other way and say, if that happens, own it. Because yeah. I, I think you are better, especially starting out when you are building your habits, Mm -hmm. you are better off walking away, going to another room and saying, I'm not working right now. If I don't think you should be watching Netflix over making music, but hypothetically you hit that point and all of a sudden you're going down the rabbit hole on YouTube and it has nothing to do with skills you were trying to learn. Mm -hmm. I think you are better off owning it, saying my head's not in it right now and walk away. So that doesn't become a part of your workflow. Mm-hmm. to where you are consistently training yourself that when I sit down in front of my computer to make a track, I'm here to make a track. Right. And if my head's not in the game, I'm going to walk away so I don't teach myself that it's okay to, oh, I played one melody for eight bars. Now I'm going to watch eight videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> yep. I got the kick mapped on it <laughs> back to YouTube. Yep. You know, because... Here's the thing. You're not hurting me. Like, yeah, you're only hurting you. you. We, I want you to succeed, but at the end of the day, I'm not your dad. And I I want you to create amazing things, yep. and I want you to not create bad habits. Yep. But you're the only person that can rein you in. Yep. I was, <clears throat> like, you, part of... Part of step one to becoming a producer is cultivating work ethic. Mm. That's just being a creator, period. But you have to cultivate work ethic. And the sooner you do that, the more, the higher your chances are of building a career doing what you love, which is music. Mm -hmm. I was watching this uh, short video on YouTube during a break. Thank you. Uh, the other day about uh, the guy who made the beat for uh, Post Malone's uh, song Rockstar. I've seen that video. Yeah. This dude is kid. He's, I think he's 19. His name's Tank God. In between in classes between, at college. Exactly. He's like, I think he said it was like during finals or something or during midterms or something. And he made that beat because he was like, he said literally between every class, I get together with my buddy and we cook up beats. Like, that's all he does. He goes to class and he cooks up beats. And then he took the initiative. Right. Because I'm pretty sure he just happened to be at the same place as Post Malone and walks up to him and is like, hey, I'm a producer. Yeah. 
can we make something? Yeah. And showed him his beat and he dug it. Yeah, and it's history now. Yep. But I'll that, uh, I'll put that, that in the show notes. Like how many how many beats does that kid have that no one will ever hear? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that dude, if he cooks up beats between every class and in his spare time, I mean, he's probably like, he's probably putting out like, I don't know, five, let's say he's putting out five beats a day, like completely finished. And, and he's got one that's a smash now. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, guy's probably got hundreds on hundreds of beats that no one will ever hear. But that's what it takes. Work well, ethic. For sure. And especially to, you know, this is particularly, uh, if you make tracks, this is a thing, and maybe this is a Nashville thing, but the efficiency that he can have, because now that he, mm-hmm. we're assuming, has built a library of tracks. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, I made one really, really great track, and if Post Malone doesn't like this track, well, I tried. Right. <laughs> you know? I don't really know how many they went through, but Homeboy probably could have sat there and like played track one. And mm-hmm. if he's like, ah, oh, I'm not feeling it, be like, cool, I got track two. Yeah. Oh, I got track 15. Yeah. Oh, I got track 36. You know, and like, I've got one you're going to like. It's just finding the one that you like. Yeah, 100%. And having the ability to do that because you put in the work the same way you can do with your band. Like, mm-hmm. if you have a band, and you walk in and you're like, oh, I got this one song. And for whatever reason, you know, one guy had a bad day at work, so he's just not feeling it. And, you know, then the guitarist is just like, oh, I don't know where my part fits in this, so I'm not feeling it. You can spend an hour talking about how nobody liked it and do nothing. Yeah. Or you can be like, oh, it's cool, whatever. I've been working on five other things this week. How about this one? Yep. Ah, uh, that one's okay. Well, I was working on this too. What about this? You know, and if you just have that, like, you don't have to get hung up on the things that aren't perfect because there's Mm going to be plenty of things that aren't perfect. Yeah. And same way with producing. Put in the time. When you have a new artist, because, you know, while you might have a a niche, and I know the EDM world typically does their own specific thing and have a particular sound to them, but let's say that you want to produce, you know, all kinds of music. You like all kinds of music, and that's why you want to produce, because you want to be a part of that. And you like country, and you like rock, and you like hip-hop. Well, they're looking to you to lead. And if you can't come back when they're like, ah, I don't know what we're missing, but that's not it. If you can't come back with, well, what about this? Mm -hmm. Well, what about this? Yeah. Until they're like, oh, no, that's what that is. That's what we're missing. And you miss that window when you say, well, I don't have it, but let me go back and... I'll get with you tomorrow and we're going to make something else. is your greatest enemy. I think think this is a good segue into uh, getting, like, once you start, get to a point where you're like, man, I want to get paid to be a producer. Mm -hmm. The most important thing you can have is content to showcase your skills. No one is going to pay you a cent unless they know that you're capable of earning that, that money. And the way you do that is show them that you can make cool stuff that is worthy of getting paid for. Like, that's your business card. That's your resume. Really, that applies to anything. Yeah. And I I appreciate it because it's another point that we get to bring back and show music's no different than any other business. Right. Music is a product mm-hmm. that you build a business around. 
And that's no different than if you want to be a photographer, if you want to be a developer, if you want to be an architect. Every time these people show up to get a job in what, you know, people harp on as the real world that, you know, people throw against musicians. No, they have a body of work that says, no, I am capable of doing this job and doing this at a remarkably high level that fills a need that you have. Yep. Music does the same thing. You just got to treat it that way. But you can't just make one song in your bedroom and be like, why am I not making a million dollars? You know, you have to be able to prove, like Tom said, show people without a shadow of a doubt. Like, I want to go through your website or your SoundCloud or wherever you post your music and be like, oh, well, that was dope. Oh, that was dope. And I want to be like 15 songs deep and be like, man, this person is consistent. Yeah. Like, it might be different kinds. Like, but man, whatever they're doing, it is like pretty rad. Yeah. Consistent quality content. That's what we're there about here. That's the buzzword. <laughs> Dude, that's it, man. Like, you want to be a photographer? Take pictures. Mm. You want to you want to be in construction? Like, you want to be a general contractor? Mm-hmm. Like, the way you're going to get hired is somebody's going to be like, what else have you done? Oh, we did this strip mall down here. Oh, okay, cool. Well, yeah, you can handle what we're throwing at you then. Like, obviously, because this is a getting started thing. Mm-hmm. Ticket number one is not to go out looking for a job that pays. Ticket number one is to just go ahead and start doing the things that you want to do. Start making tracks. Start making beats. Start learning piano or guitar. Learning how to hit record. Learning what all of the little ins and outs do. And take it a day at a time. Take it a step at a time. And get incrementally better each and every time. That's the ticket. Mm-hmm. Like show up to get 1% better every day. Mm. 1% is worth the effort. Yep. For sure. So. Yeah. Well, I think that'll about wrap it up for this one, huh? I think it is. Cool. See you guys next Thursday. Thanks for listening. Hey, guys. Thanks again for listening to the show today. As always, you can find show notes and links from our episode on our website at themusicstuffshow.com. Also, please, please, please uh, connect with us. If there's ever any questions, any ways that we can help, you can find us all over social media at Music Stuff Show. You can also find myself and Tom personally all over the interwebs. I am at V-A-N-C-E-F-I-T-E, and Tom is at T-O-M-D-U-P-R-E-E-I-I-I. Uh, all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere you want to connect. Uh, the show is here for you. So any way that we can make your life a little bit better and get you closer to your dreams of your career in the music industry, we want to be a part of. We'll see you guys next Thursday.